0: Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Sorry about the delay there. Taking care of priorities. We were ordering lunch. So those of you that stick around to help today, lunch will be provided. Don't get your hopes up. It'll be Domino's pizza. But, uh, yeah, as Kevin mentioned, you know, it's once a year. Every week, as you guys are aware, we serve our community through our food pantry here. But at Thanksgiving, we always do an outreach where we give away an entire Thanksgiving dinner to families in our community. And so today is that day. Those boxes will be, uh, as mentioned, assembled and distributed uh, after service today to uh, 37 families here in our neighborhood. So if anybody's available, it should only take an hour or so to do that. You're welcome to join us up at the office building uh, right after service to help do that. It's always a great time. just a, It's a blessing just to be able to share a little bit of love and, and uh, love of Jesus with our, our neighbors and our friends. I, man, well, worship was good today. That was, you guys were, that was, wow. I don't know what's going on there, but man, that was nice. I like it. Um, so uh, we have been in a series on Vineyard Values. I'm going to interrupt that series. We will come back to it. After the first of the year, but I realized that the holidays were upon us. So we're going to interrupt that series with a new series today. And between now and the end of the year, we're going to do a little uh, series called The Characters of Christmas. And, and, and this, this should be fun because uh, some different people are going to share. It won't be me every week. I can't tell you all who it is. It's a surprise, but there will be some other folks speaking uh, over the next few weeks as well talking about some of the different people that we see both in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke who uh, were affected or impacted; their lives were impacted by the birth of Jesus. Uh, it's it's uh, interesting to see how lives have been transformed from day one till now uh, with uh, the meeting of Jesus. So today we're going to begin that. And I want to talk about Joseph this morning. Uh, Joseph is one of my favorite characters. And the reason he is is because he's something of an unsung hero. Uh, In in the Gospels, Joseph really is kind of a role player. Um, Mary gets a lot of PR, Uh, Joseph is somewhat in the background. As we look at his life today, I want to ask this question, and I'd encourage you guys all, as, as we talk about Joseph's life, to kind of ask yourself this question Do you believe God can speak to you? Do you expect God to speak to you? Uh, do you actively listen or actually even engage by initiating conversation with God? Uh, I think that's a, a very real and a very important question for us to look at. But it comes with a qualifier. Um, there, this is the warning label on the question, Does God speak to you? And that is that it could cost you. And I think we'll see that it cost Joseph everything today. So, our title this morning, Naomi, uh, if you give us a title slide, is Pardon the Interruption. We're going to look at two texts. I'm going to read both the, uh, the Matthew text and the Luke text that talk about uh, the, uh, the arrival of Jesus. But first, let's pray. Father, thanks so much. Um, just thank you again for worship this morning. It is such a joy and a blessing to come into your presence together with your people and worship you. I'm so grateful for the gift of music and song, the songs that you've given to your church to give back to you. What a joy. Uh, I pray you would honor your word this morning, Lord, that it might be rich and full, uh, that it would water uh, the seeds of our hearts, that they would grow, and that we would, in fact, uh, be really accurate, true representatives of you in the world today. That uh, in the name of Jesus, we could cut through some of the confusion uh, and the, uh, the even the hurt that takes place in the world around us uh, with just the, the true nature of who you are and the love that you have for all people. In your name we pray, amen. All right, 1st Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So the the birth of Jesus interrupted Joseph's life. And in, in a very real way, I, I suppose that's what Jesus does, is that, Uh, he causes an interruption for us. Caused an interruption then, and I think historically, and today in our lives, when you encounter Jesus in a real way, it very often presents an an interruption uh, to the plans that we have in the life that maybe we uh, thought we would live. I I know certainly... um, For us, it did. For me and for Donna, uh, our lives uh, were kind of headed one direction, and then when you meet Jesus, they're headed another direction all together. Um, Thinking about Joseph, in all honesty, we don't know a whole lot about him. There's really the two passages we just read, and then uh, there's this little short story of when Jesus was 12 years old, you remember, and his parents were traveling again, and he kind of ditched them and went to the temple, and they couldn't find him. And then it says that they went there and found him, and everything was okay. Uh, but that that's it. After that, we we don't ever hear from Joseph again. He just sort of fades off into oblivion. You know, mary Mary was there at the cross. Mary Mary was around when Jesus was arrested and crucified. She saw the pain and the agony of what he went through, and I suppose that's a difficult thing for a parent to see. But on the other hand, she also saw the fulfillment of who Jesus was and what happened, what, what the purpose for him was, what happened when he came into the world and really walked into the fullness of what God had called him to be about. She understood those things. Joseph never saw any of that. We don't really know what happened. You know, most commentators and scholars surmise that somewhere along the line, between the time Jesus was 12 and the time he was 30, that Joseph passed away. Just never saw what really happened through the life of Jesus. In Matthew and Luke, the passage we read there, Joseph and Mary are pledged to be married. Um, So at that that time, Joseph would have been about 14 or 15 years old, and Mary would have been about 12 or 13 years old. That seems weird to us, but culturally, historically, that was very typical. That is the the age at which people would have gotten married and, and started a life of their own. They came from a very small town. This was not, uh, not even Tigard or Tualatin. This was like Metzger. It's just a little sleepy village somewhere. Their, um, their betrothal would have been very similar to engagement today uh, with, with one key difference, though, and that is that that uh, engagement period for them was legally binding. Today, you can be engaged and break that engagement off without any legal ramifications. Uh, there's no divorce court required until after you're married. But in their day, that was part of uh, the, the, legal, the, the legal projection of, of relationship and marriage. And so uh, there would have been a, a legal aspect to that. Uh, that The time of betrothal would have been one year. Uh, during that year, uh, the husband would go away and uh, establish a home for his uh, soon-to-be wife and family. And, and literally, they would, they would build a house. Joseph would have taken that year, gone to build a house and establish income, whether getting a job or, in his case, very likely, and in, and in many people's case, take over the family business. His father was a carpenter. He would have taken on the, the carpenter business. Uh, and it, that's very much the process that Jesus is talking about in the parable of the wedding when he, when he says, you know, if I go, I prepare a place for you. Th- that's the image that they would have seen. Jesus is talking about going and preparing a home, preparing a place where the family could be and live in comfort. Um, so, you know, you know, like, as some of you can imagine, most of us, you know, on some level or another, uh, as a young man, a young man, preparing to enter into that phase of life, Joseph had dreams. He had plans, you know. Uh, he, he was looking forward to starting this life of his own, you know. He's going to get married, have a couple kids, get a dog, um, maybe travel a little bit. Sometimes life gets in the way of our plans, and sometimes God gets in the way of our plans. Uh, Joseph had a life interrupted. He's preparing for this life together, and Mary shows up one day with some news. I'm pregnant. That's not good news. If you're Joseph, that's um, that's heartbreaking news. We get a little bit of an indication here as to the nature of character of Joseph because um, he he could have made a public display of this. He could have publicly um, shamed Mary. He could have... uh, you know, disgraced her in front of others. But as he thought about it, uh, he felt that wasn't the way to go and he would just walk away. Just cut my losses here and and walk away. Mary tells him this story about the Holy Spirit. It had to seem kind of far-fetched. If you if, think about it, for you and I, That's a crazy story. But we actually have the Scripture. We have 2,000 years of church history, of people that have absorbed that story into their hearts and lives and seen it played out. For Joseph, there was no history, no context, no nothing. Just this crazy, wild story. And so he makes a decision... I'll I'll do the simplest thing I can do here and just walk away. And then he has a dream. And in his dream, an angel appears to him, the angel of the Lord, it says. And the angel tells Joseph the exact same story that Mary told him. And so he changes his mind, and he says yes. Now, now two things about that. First is that a dream is a dream is a dream. Um, We all have dreams. And if you're like me, most of the time, somewhere in the dream or just after the dream, you think, wow, that was a, a powerful or an interesting dream, and certainly I'll remember that. And then, four or five hours later, you wake up and you remember what? That you had a dream. I remember, oh, what was that dream? But it's completely gone. And, and I get it, an angel, the angel of the Lord, appeared in the dream, but a dream is still a, a dream. And even in the most vivid dream, it's vague, and you wake up and you wonder, what was that? Was that real? Was that legit? Do you remember the details or all of it or just part of it? Or was that really what I dreamed? So so that's the reality that Joseph is dealing with. The the angel came and told him this story in a dream. The second thing is this, and this is really important. I I think this, this is the key for us today in terms of our opening question, does God speak to you? Even if Joseph believed the dream and believed the angel and bought in wholeheartedly, he still could have said no. He could have said, this is not what I signed up for. I was looking for a nice little house with a white picket fence, two kids, cockapoo, little carpenter shop out back. This is different. There's going to be a lot of pushback on this. Look, contextually, Mary had a dream and Joseph had a dream. Nobody else is in on this. So their friends, their family, their neighbors, uh, you know, the Real Housewives of Nazareth—they're—they're they're going to talk. They're going to talk about this. There's going to be a little bit of gossip going around town about Mary and Joseph. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Holy Spirit, you say. It's a small town. People talk. With that all in mind, Joseph said yes. Okay, God, I'm in. If this is the plan that you have for me, I'm in. If that's not enough, if that's not uh, interruption enough in your life, now Caesar calls for a stupid census, and they have to leave and go back to where his family is originally from. So on top of everything that's happened already, Joseph now has to travel. It's about 90 miles, the distance they had to go back, on foot, with a pregnant woman carrying a child that's not his and leave everything else behind. No unemployment, no Social Security, no welfare, no Medicare. Leave it all. Go back home for this census. And then things go from bad to worse. You know the story. They finally get there and what? There's no room at the inn. Which means the inn was full, right? There's no room. It's full. Just put two and two together. If the inn was full, what else was full? The barn was full. People traveled with their animals. So that's where they are in the barn, full of animals. What comes with animals? Poop. Very good. (laughs) Gold star. (laughs) It's a stinky, dirty place. It's gross. It's, it's gross on any level, but it's really gross to have a baby in the midst of all that. You know, I was thinking about Christmas. I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. I was putting together my Christmas music playlist yesterday. Um, silent Night. That guy was on something. There was, this was not a silent night. It was a noisy night. It was a noisy, dirty night. It was a messy night. It was a loud night. Um, there they are in the barn. Mary and Joseph have not been to their birthing classes yet. They haven't learned their breathing exercises. <laughs> I don't know. How, how's it go? I don't remember all those, but I remember doing that. Does, do you still do that? Do they still do that? It's a long time ago when our kids were born. None of that had happened yet. Mary's mom is not there. Grandma's not there. That's, that's how this is supposed to work, right? There's supposed to be some people there that have been through this before. No, who's there? Joseph and some cows. That's who's there. Um, but somehow they make it work. They, they, they make it work. The baby is born. They're getting established. They, they, you know, they find an apartment or whatever. Joseph does a few side jobs. Everything is starting to smooth out, and then another dream. Now they have to go to Egypt. Really? Egypt? Uh, This last journey was nothing. Egypt is a long way away. It's a long way away. Uh, They speak Egyptian there. There's no tacos. That's always what I want to know when I travel. Are there tacos? you've got to be practical. Um... Joseph had to say no to all of his own dreams and plans. Everything that he had envisioned as a young man for his life had to be pushed aside to say yes to God. And again, there's that one little scene when Jesus is 12 and he gets separated from his parents, and then after that, we never hear from Joseph again. This is, this is all we got. Unlike Mary, Joseph never got to see the fulfillment. Never, he, he knew enough to know that something was happening with the life of Jesus. Something was up here. Their child was not a normal child. God had a purpose and a plan for him. But he never got to see the fulfillment of any of that. He, he, ne- he never really saw and experienced and lived and knew with full certainty in his heart of hearts, what the sacrifice he had made was for. But he said yes. He said yes. And again, it was all based on a dream. What was, what was that? angel I don't know His voice um I, you know, I want to submit this to us God does not force us to say yes. we have a choice right We believe that Joseph had a choice uh he could he could have said no he could have said you know what and and look i I want to submit this we all know that God gives us a choice it's it's real if it's, Meaning this, that if you say, you know, God, I don't think I can do that, that's okay. God, it's still okay with him. He has something else for you. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm writing you off, you're out. God says, I want you to go here, go there. And you, and you say, you know, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I can make that sacrifice. That's okay. It's all part of the, it's a, it's a real choice that, that, we, that we really are given. And Joseph could have said, you know, Lord, I don't know. This, this is a bit much for me but he didn't he said yes god god speaks through dreams and visions and impressions and uh, fleeting thoughts you have you ever have those thoughts where you think god wants you to do something then and then it's gone and then you think okay am i really supposed to go do that right now does god really want me to go talk to that person i don't know but it was it was it was there and gone so quick. It's never concrete. It's always so subtle, and yet we have to respond in our heart. We have to know. Okay, I've learned enough about God's voice to know. I think that was really Him, and I have to step out. There's always a risk. It always requires faith. It's it's never ever solid. God's voice is not coercive. It's not intimidating. It's, it's not like, you know, you must do that. I, I, this little personal thing, <laughs> you know, I love you guys when we, every week as Kevin did today, we say, Hey, if there's somebody here has something from the Lord, you share that with us. And most of the time when that happens here, somebody say, Hey, I think God said this to me, or she'll be this today, or, you know, I'll just share that, and if you guys, if that blesses you, uh, amen, you know. What What bugs me is when somebody stands up and says, thus saith the Lord, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, okay, this is the, the concrete word of God. It's just not that way. It's never the concrete word of God. It's always, I... I I think I'm hearing from God here. I'm not sure. That's just the way it works. And that's the risk. That's the, that's the step of faith we have to take. And that's the step of faith we have to take in believing that. That's the way God's voice works in our lives. In John 12, you remember there's a uh, passage where Jesus prays, God speaks from heaven. And you remember the people around were like, what was that? And some people said they heard the voice of God. Other people said, what was that, thunder? There was an uncertainty among people about the voice of God. And that's really how it works. There's an uncertainty about the voice of God. We have to live in faith. We we, We have to cultivate that ability to hear God's voice and trust ourselves that what we've learned is accurate, and what we're hearing really is God. I I think we see and hear what we expect to hear. If we cultivate that and we expect to hear from God, I tell you, you will. You will. If you don't cultivate that and you don't ever expect to hear from God, you won't. So, so again, you know, do we have a heart like Joseph? Are we willing to do we expect God to speak to us do we hear his voice and are we willing to say yes when he does um, and it might come in any of those ways prophecy dreams visions um, usually for me it is that little fleeting thought or or sometimes it's something someone else says and maybe they either weren't like quote prophesying to me or certainly didn't know they were being used of God in that way in my life, but they say something and, and it just sort of, I, I hear that, I catch that above everything else, and I go, wow, I think that was God. See, that's the way God's voice works. It comes in these different ways. It's not like this, typically not. I'm not saying God can't do that, but my experience is most of the time it's not this booming voice from heaven. It comes through other people, and, and, and that's, the, that's the whole idea that uh, we, we hold so dear that everybody gets to play, It it never ceases to amaze me that God speaks to me through all kinds of people, some who I would never, ever expect God to speak to me through. God speaks. People like uh, you, me, Joseph, we're all the same. We're all the same. Um, Jesus says, my sheep recognize my voice. And when they recognize my voice, they follow me. And that, that's what happened. Joseph recognized the voice of God, and he followed after. So we want to live that way, too. We, we want to be willing to, like Joseph, say, you know what? Uh, I yield my life. I'm willing to lay aside my plans. I'm willing to give up my dreams. I'm willing to let go of the things that I think I want from my life and let you interrupt my life, God, to redirect. And, and it could cost a lot. You know, it could cost a lot. It could mean you have to pack up and move. It could mean you have to change your career decision. It could mean relationally that you have to uh, maybe let go of some things that you thought were going to happen in your life. There's any number of very real personal situations that might have to change over the course of our lives if we're willing to take that risk and say yes. But that's the deal. It's, it's his life, it's not ours. So uh, can we be like Joseph and say yes to him? Let's stand together and I want to pray for you guys. Um, Cindy, would you join me?
0: thanks again for listening if you'd like to sow into what god is doing through casket vineyard we always welcome your prayers for our church body our communities and our leadership if you'd like to contribute financially please visit cascadevineyard.org give we'll see you next week